Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I am your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hi, it's me. That is Emilio, and we are back after uh, taking a break for a little while from uh, near the end of uh, the previous regular season. We're back as uh, the new season has been underway for about a week and a half. We're going to try to come through weekly to uh, discuss some of the uh, biggest topics that are going on in the NBA uh, from week to week, and also uh, highlight some of the uh, NBA-related people who have uh, passed away as, uh, as the days go by. Let's, uh, let's jump right into it, Mills. We're going to uh, go back and forth here talking about some things that have stood out to us over the course of the first uh, week and a half or so of, uh, of NBA action. Mills, why don't you get us started? What, uh, what, what, what's jumped out at you about the early season action? So um, towards the beginning of the season, there's been quite a bit of upsets. There's, um, if you you might remember, Mavs over Clippers in um, that game where it was like like a fifty point game at the end of like the first half. Yeah, it was seventy seven to twenty seven. I still cannot believe. Yeah, that. I mean the Clippers really did not score. Yeah, that was pretty shocking. I mean, I know that was a game that didn't involve Kawhi Leonard. I know he was still recovering from uh, having been hurt in a previous game. That. Yeah, I mean, that factored in, but I mean, still the Clippers, uh, a team that you expect to be contending for a title this year and uh, to be competitive in most games, even without, you know, one of their players, even a great player like Kawhi Leonard. That was pretty stunning. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they lost by like 51 points. Yeah, I mean, 27 points and a half. I mean, like, wow. You're like, how, how many points did they score in the first quarter? I mean, it's got to be like 10 or something. I believe it was like 13 and 14 that they scored in the first two quarters. So It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, both, you know, totally broke uh, uh, shooting uh, to, to get to that point, but also really porous defense. I mean, giving up yeah. 77. I mean, those two numbers together, they just, uh, just do not look right at any point in a basketball yeah. game, seeing a 77-27 score. But that's just one example of, uh, of some of the early upsets. What, what, else, what else have you noticed? Yeah, well, there's Bucks over Heat here. Um, it was a complete blowout, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, it was like, I'm not sure the exact score. Yeah, it was 144 to 97. So a 47-point um, win for the Bucks. I mean, great win for them, but you would expect the Heat to do better than that. Yeah, complete smashing. I mean, the Heat, obviously, a team that went to the finals last year. And that was uh, the front end of uh, this kind of unique aspect of this uh, COVID-influenced season where you have these uh, back-to-backs involving the same two teams in the same city. So I know uh, the Bucks and Heat, that matchup that was a 47-point uh, margin was followed up just a couple of days later by uh, a, 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 I believe, a Heat victory uh, in um, – uh, I have to have to put that down. Sorry. We're getting used to our, our new setup here with uh, – uh, this this new format, but uh, yeah, the, the Heat came back just the following day and, and ended up winning by 11 points. So I mean, you yeah. do see big swings in that regard. Well, uh, nice job by them. Yeah, nice job by them. Uh, uh, you know, getting off the mat. But I mean, you know, you know that uh, the Heat getting smashed like that is not a really representative performance from them. It's just kind of yeah. a weird aberration of the early season here. And there have been a few other upsets of note as well, right? I mean, the Knicks beating the Bucks in a, in a pretty easy. Yeah, fashion. I mean that was. Yeah, that's one of the ones I have down here. And uh, Knicks beating the Bucks. I mean, they the Knicks literally won by twenty points. And um, Julius Randle played very well. We'll mention him later. But um, yeah, I mean, that was a very big upset. Absolutely, so like 
sorry. Like when I first saw the score, I little I thought the Bucks had one thirty instead of the Knicks having one thirty, but the Bucks, um, the Bucks had one ten and the Knicks had one thirty. So absolutely. I mean, we've seen some really weird results, and I mean, you know, including the uh, the Cavs beating the the Sixers pretty handily. Definitely yeah. some really surprising results. I mean, that was the Sixers' only loss of the season so far. So. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to expect it to be against the Cavs, but. Exactly. And I think this transitions actually pretty well into the first topic I wanted to raise, which were uh, some of the surprising starts around the league. I mean, the yeah. Cavs certainly an example of that uh, already at, at four and two. I mean, a team that uh, yeah, I think most sure. people predicted to be one of the worst in the NBA this year. Yeah, I mean, very impressive. I know Andre Drummond has been playing very well. And um, yeah. He has. I mean, Larry Nance, too. I mean, I think they've gotten, you know, much uh, more in the way of contributions from both Darius Garland and, uh, and and Colin Sexton on that Cavs team. What are some of the other uh, surprising uh, starts that have jumped out to you if you look at the standings? Yeah, so if you look at the standings, yeah, I know. Um, you'll see – or actually, <laughs> yeah, if you look at the standings, you see that um, that um, the Philadelphia 76 is at 5-1 and one and the um, the – Phoenix Suns at five and one as well are um, at the top of their conferences right now, which is pretty surprising. Yeah, I mean, you might think that uh, the Suns are uh, tops in the West because they signed uh, you know a hardcore fifty five er in each one more, but he actually hasn't even played that much. Yeah, um, it's mainly because of them signing um, Chris Paul, but yeah. Yeah, I mean that was a, a major acquisition for uh, for the Suns, and it certainly changed their their fortunes considerably. Uh, I mean, looking at the standings elsewhere, I mean, some surprising uh, starts. I mean, the Nuggets at one and four. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the and the East side, I mean, the um, Raptors at one and four as well. Yeah, I mean, two teams that uh, that advanced in the, in the playoffs last year and have had uh, success over the course of the last few years. You don't want to read too much into it. It's only five games into yeah. the season. There's still a lot of games to be played, 72 yeah. overall during the season, a lot of time for these guys to recover. And, and you know, with the uh, expanded playoff mix, you know, like with teams getting yes, yes, yes. potentially getting in even beyond the eighth seed, there's even like, more room for error. You can get it in at the tenth seed. So. Exactly. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at the the Bucks starting at three and three, the Heat at two and three, I mean, you know, it's early days Celtics, for these squads. three and three. Precisely. I mean, you know, it's a, and yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's, it's really too early to draw any uh, – Real conclusions from uh, the, the the result over the course of uh, the season to date, but uh, certainly some teams off to better starts than others. I mean, the Hawks yeah. have to be happy at four and two, for instance. I mean, yes, for sure. You know, th- things are looking good for them right now. Uh, let's uh, move on to your uh, your your next uh, topic. Oh yeah, injuries. So um, this is definitely um, big for some teams here. Um, well, so. One of my first one is Spencer Dinwiddie. He's actually on my fantasy team, which is very upsetting because he's now all of a sudden there's like I look on my fantasy team and all of a sudden Spencer Dinwiddie injured out for the season. So there goes Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, it's a tough break. I mean, but and you know you wouldn't expect to lose him so early in the season. He's not a guy who's been dealing with a lot of injuries as his career has progressed. But uh, the Nets are fortunate in that they actually have a fair amount of depth, and uh, I think hopefully we'll be able to sustain, uh, yeah, you know that that injury. I mean, get, you know, get through it. Yeah, they actually like started off pretty hot, and we saw them like, oh, they're going to face the Hornets, and this is going to be a blowout. But I think that might have been like one of the first or second games that Spencer did when he was out, and then all of a sudden, like, the Nets lose to the to the Hornets, and the Hornets are like. Oh, they're only two and four, but I thought they were better. But yeah, 
Yeah, the Hornets have had uh, have had some surprising results, and I mean, we'll get into uh, some of the ways in which they're uh, they're going about that as uh, as we continue through this episode. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there have been some really uh, key injuries, and I mean, I think that the Nets, you know, losing Spencer Dinwiddie may not um, because their depth maybe may help them withstand a loss like that, but it certainly cuts into uh, the assets that they have for pulling a trade later in the season or something like that. Someone like Karis Levert. Uh, you know, vault into an even more prominent role yeah. uh, with Dinwiddie not around. So I think that that's uh, that's definitely an impactful one. And the Nets look like they could be a team that's making noise uh, really late into the season. So Yeah, or like getting James Harden and Spencer Dinwiddie might be in that trade package, but now he would be like they would want him less because he's out of the season. Absolutely. It's a great point. And Spencer Dinwiddie, a free agent after the season. So it really uh-huh. does, uh, you know, hurt his value massively. But I mean, it hurts the Nets in terms of being able to trade, you know, someone like Harris LeVert as well, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't have that additional, uh, you know, strong player to, uh, to insert into the rotation. Uh, so let's talk about some other injuries because, I mean, I know it goes beyond Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. So TJ Warren as well on my fantasy team, very um, disappointing for me. And, um, well, actually, um, that's the main reason I brought him up, but uh, yeah, he—I don't—he's going to be out indefinitely. It's what it says, and so yeah, um, not great for him, I guess, but and not great for the Pacers, but um, yeah, I don't think it'll be out for too long, and yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, he's—he's he's reportedly got a stress fracture in his uh, in, in his left foot, and it's going to require some kind of surgery, so. I mean, not great. You definitely need your uh, need your feet to play basketball. It's pretty important. So, for sure. Yeah, I mean, until uh, you know they get those robot legs working uh, more effectively, I mean, it's it's going to be an essential ingredient to uh, getting around the court. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a problem for the Pacers. I mean, he's a hard guy for them to lose. Uh, in terms of other uh, key injuries, I mean, Kevin Love. I know uh, you you'd, you'd written down. I mean, he's a guy who's been in and out of the lineup a lot yeah. in recent years. He is. Um, he's going to be out for like three or four weeks, I think, and um, that's rough. I mean, I think you have him on your fantasy team. I do indeed. So yeah, not great for him, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean, I you know what you're getting with Kevin Love, though. I mean, he's a guy who's, as I said, been in and out of the lineup a lot. Yeah, and I mean, the Cavs have still been playing pretty well without him, so I don't think Cavs are too worried about that right now. Yeah, they've been getting some really good performances from other players, as we mentioned. So, I mean, it, it's working out okay for them right now. I don't think they have any, you know, championship aspirations for the season anyway. Yeah. I think they'll, they'll be happy to, you know, uh, you know, put up some good wins and ha- have a slightly better season than expected and still, uh, you know, put themselves in a decent shot for the uh, the lottery and the draft pick they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, other major injuries. I mean, John Moran. I know we, we were really enjoying watching his early season performance. And uh, he's been slowed down with an injury as well. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be out for the long. It's just I watched the video of him getting injured, and it did not look good. But he's apparently not going to be out for that long. He's going to be out for, like, it's a day-to-day injury. So he shouldn't be out for long. And, um, yeah. I think it actually was upgraded to, like, uh, you know, three to five weeks or something like that. So I, oh. I, I think because uh, they were able to determine what the, uh, you know, how severe his uh, his ankle sprain was so I mean I, and I think probably out of an abundance of caution they want to keep him out a little bit longer make sure he's fully healed oh, man, and is that's uh, and is ready to come back so yeah kind of a bummer but at, at least he'll be back you know in time to play a bunch more of the season it, it would certainly yeah, seem for sure and uh, finally uh, Carl Towns we we had uh, noted as uh, as an early season injury of note yeah I actually didn't know that he was injured but yeah 
apparently he's going to be at week-to-week injury here. So that's not good for the Timberwolves. And they've gone out into a solid start, too, I think. Two and three. Two and three, yeah. They, I think they got on one first two games of the season as well. Yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, obviously a, a huge impact for the uh, for the Timberwolves, but again, not a team with uh, much in the way of playoff or title aspirations for this season. For sure. All right, so let's uh, let, let's keep moving here. Let's talk about uh, what we're seeing from uh, from rookies in, in the early going yeah. this season. So, um, I mean, Preston Tatua. I mean, he has um, some. He's pretty good. I just saw him at the top of the list of the rookies. So. Yeah, it was alphabetical. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> as a name that would put him in the top of uh, of a lot of lists. In terms of uh, playing time, I mean, it's interesting to see who's getting run at the beginning of the season. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton has been playing a lot for the uh, for the Kings, guy who slipped a little bit in the draft relative to uh, some people's expectations. Uh, um, Denny Abdiaz has been starting a bunch for the yeah. uh, for, for the Wizards. I mean, Wizards, Isaac Coro uh, up at number one there um, with thirty seven point five minutes played a game so far. Yeah, he's only played in two games. I think he's been a little bit dinged up. I know Obi Toppin has been a little bit dinged up too. He's only played in one game, but it is interesting to see some of these guys who are getting run out of the gate. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, an interesting one who's uh, who's been getting a bunch of playing time on a Rockets team that has been dealing with uh, you know COVID related absences. Uh, James Harden missing a game. Yeah, and um, yeah, um, we see where I see Jesmond Vane, who's looked very nice. Um, Anthony Edwards hasn't actually been that impressive so far. We have Lamelo Ball, who's had a, a breakout game at one point, and. Um, yeah, we'll talk about him in a little bit in a second here. Um, Killian Hayes hasn't been amazing so far. Yeah, he really hasn't been shooting it that well for, yeah. for the Pistons uh, out of the gate, but he's getting a lot of opportunity, and, and we'll see if he can grow into uh, a more productive role. Sadiq Bey, though, for the Pistons has been starting and actually has been shooting really well from three, so he's, he's been a contributor in the early going. Yeah, and not to forget James Wiseman has looked very nice so far, and actually Peyton Pritchard as well. Absolutely, Peyton Pritchard, like very much in the rotation for the Celtics right now, and and uh, yeah, I mean he's he, he looks like he can play. I mean it, it's notable when when these guys are able to uh, show up early in their rookie seasons and uh, contribute and look like NBA players. So yeah, we have seen that from some of these guys. Definitely Isaiah Joe as well. Yeah, I mean you got to mention <laughs> Isaiah Joe in a situation like this. I think Patrick Williams and, uh, and Anthony Edwards also uh, were yes. mentioned. Those guys are getting. You know, serious minutes, uh, early picks uh, for, for their teams. I don't know that they're necessarily uh, – I mean, with a lot of these rookies, I don't know if they necessarily are earning their minutes yet, but they're getting opportunities, and it's worth uh, worth keeping an eye on these guys as, as we get further into the season. For sure. Let's uh, l- l- let's keep moving here and, and talk about uh, some early season performances that, uh, that really have stood out. Mills, I know you wanted to mention Julius Randle of the Knicks. Yes, for sure. I mean, he's gotten off to a very hot start leading the Knicks here. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at his um, his season this year, um, if you look at his season this year, he's definitely leading the Knicks. I think he has, like, a triple-double as well. Yes, he did put up a triple-double. Very impressive, surprising as well. Yeah, I mean, he has um, 7, 17, 25, 29, 28, 16, and 12 in points. So he's really been um, he's really been um, racking up the points. He actually almost had a quadruple-double in that game against the Cavaliers really? on uh, December 29th. Yeah, he had uh, 28 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, and 9 turnovers. <laughs> 
but uh, but pr pretty impressive work out of Julius Randle, it must be said. He's showing yes. a much more versatile and well-rounded game than we had any right to expect. Yes, for sure. And, um, yeah, he's been getting a lot of rebounds, too. And, yeah, he's been very impressive. For sure. And he's helped the Knicks uh, to a 3-3 three and three start, which I don't think most people would have projected for them. Yeah, for in sure. Including some pretty tough wins. I mean, you know, obviously yeah. we, we had mentioned beating the Bucks, but uh, they also went on the road and beat the, uh, beat the Pacers. Uh, just yesterday as we win. record this. So uh, absolutely, very, very uh, solid win. And uh, the Knicks have to be encouraged about their start under new coach Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. Let's uh, let's keep moving here. Uh, we'll, we'll try to move a little bit more quickly through the, the back half of, of these topics. Uh, let's talk a little about, bit about Nikola Jokic. I know, I know he's on a one and four Nuggets team right now, but uh, this guy has really been showing out, especially when it comes to the assists. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, he has him like 13 assists per game or something, and he has like the most assists since Wilt Chamberlain in like a game as a big man. Absolutely. He had 18 assists yeah, in, ridiculous. Uh, in, in a game against the Rockets. Yeah. As you said, the most since uh, most by a center since Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, let me just give you his stat line in that game. Um, 12 rebounds, 18 assists, 19 points, and um, three steals, one block. Yeah, pretty nasty, and he's been really efficient too. I mean, shooting the ball. I mean, you know, uh, eight of eleven from the floor in that game. But I mean, shooting threes nicely. I mean, really uh, showing an incredibly versatile and well-rounded game. I mean, that you would expect from uh, you know players skilled and talented as uh, Nikola Jokic. But yeah. he's really taking it to another level. Guy has a chance to lead the league in assists. Yeah, as a center. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. It's, it's pretty incredible. He's leading the league right now, I think. He is indeed, and I think uh, we will. Um, you know, see the Nuggets' uh, performance as a as a team undoubtedly improve as uh, as the for season sure. rolls on. It's been a little bit of a rocky start for them thus far. Yes, I know you wanted to uh, discuss a little bit about Mikhail Bridges as well. I mean, I know he's yeah. been a key part of uh, what's been making the Suns go so well in the early season. Yeah, you mentioned him to me, and you were like, "Oh, yeah, he's been he's been having like a good getting some good run on this good Suns team with 33.7 points per game and like <laughs> minutes, <laughs> minutes per game and fifteen point three points per game, and he's been looking pretty nice." And like he's getting a lot of run, but then he was like, he also he's played in like six games, but and six starts, and he, like as I mentioned, thirty three point seven points per game, and he has minutes per game, <laughs> minutes per game, and he has zero, zero, like none turnovers. That's ridiculous. He's he's been playing. I guess he's just not giving up the ball. Yeah, it is pretty wild. I mean, to have, have played as much as he has in the early part of the season and have his uh, usage increase as much as it has as well. I mean, this is a player who was uh, averaging under seven field goal attempts per game in his first two seasons in the league. This year, up to 10. He uh, is now shooting six threes per game. Again, of course, these are small samples, but, uh, you know, performing at a much higher level than he has in previous sure. seasons. And he's cut his turnovers down to zero. Obviously, that's not going to sustain throughout yes. the season. But it is very notable, uh, you know, through, even just through six games and, you know, perhaps indicative of, you know, uh, him taking a major step forward in his career. I mean, For he, sure. He's, uh, he's looking really good right now and uh, obviously part of a really successful Suns team. Yes. Uh, let's keep talking about another, uh, another player who's kind of jumped off the page in the early part of the season in uh, the person of John Wall, a guy we haven't seen around the NBA in, uh, 
in a, quite a while at this point. I mean, basically taking two full years off, but he's come back for the Rockets, and uh, he's looking good. Yeah, he has. I mean, um, definitely, yeah, he's been playing great um, with, um, like, 25 points per game so far. I mean, helped by um, um, good playing of um, Christian Wood, and um, I think. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 7.5 assists per game, five rebounds, and he had 28 points in the game against the Kings recently. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's been playing very well. Yeah, really, really impressive stuff. I mean, uh, won a game against um, uh, who did they just play against? Uh, that we, we were just watching the, the highlights of the Kings against, against the Kings without uh, that benefit of having James Harden on the court that night. We'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about him as well. Uh, but he's he's been really impressive. I mean, you mentioned Christian Wood as well. I mean, he's been a big part of what the Rockets have been doing in the early part of the season. But uh, to see John Wall come back uh, as as quick and active and engaged as as he has. Uh, really been a surprising development uh, to me. For sure. Much better than uh, than they had any right to expect uh, after getting him back in the summer for uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's let's keep going uh, here. Let's actually talk uh, Russell Westbrook a little bit. Um, what have you noticed uh, about him so far? So everybody knows Russell Westbrook is good at getting triple doubles. Can you go to his game? He's extremely good at getting triple doubles. And so, yeah, I mean – he has like three seasons in a row that he's got an average of triple double. All of that, obviously, super good. Yeah, he's been inactive for two of the games so far out of six. He's he's sitting out uh, back, you know, one end or the other of back to backs at least in the early part of the season. So in the, those situations where they've had back to back games, he's missed one of those. And so, in the games that he's played, first game. Uh, just 11 points, 15 assists, 12, I mean, 21 points. Then next game, just a casual 15, po- 15 rebounds, 12 assists, 15 points, two triple-doubles in a row. Then skips a game, doesn't play. Then next game, just 15 um, rebounds, 11 assists, 21 points. Same thing he did in the first game, just opposite between three rebounds and assists. Yep. And another triple-double. Then next game, 10, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, 22 points. Four triple-doubles out of the four games he's played, and then he skipped the next game. <laughs> Who knows to know about that? Um, but, yeah, four triple-doubles in, in his the four games that he's played. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. Although it, it should be mentioned that uh, all those games, losses for the Wizards. They actually won uh, the most recent game when uh, he was not playing. So they're up to one and five, but certainly in terms of Russ's uh, personal productivity and his ability to get triple doubles, he's still got it. Yes, for sure. Uh, let's uh, let's let's wrap up these uh, these topics that we want to get to. Uh, yeah, so um, we're, we're going to talk talk a little bit about James Harden, how his early season is going. He's uh, off to a great start when he's been on the court. I know he's only played three games so far, missed uh, missed the first game of the season and uh, missed the most recent one with uh, an injury that I don't think is supposed to keep him out for too long. But, I mean, this guy, I mean, he looks looks heavier this year, definitely yeah. uh, ha- has a different uh, supporting cast around him than he's had. That's not great. In recent years about him looking heavier. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's, it's not great. But, I mean, you can't argue with the production. I mean, look, look at what this guy is doing in the early season. Yeah, I mean – yeah, there's a lot of question around him about like trading and 
like what he's been doing outside of the NBA. But yeah, the trades. I mean, he has been averaging 37 points a game, so a lot of teams would still want him, obviously. But like the teams he's interested in are the Celtics, um, the Blazers, the Sixers, and the Nets. That's right. So I feel like the Nets. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, might like not have that good of a chance because like the Spencer Dinwiddie thing. Yeah, that definitely hurts what they can offer in a trade. There's no question. Yeah, and um, so I hope he goes to the Blazers because that's my favorite team. But it would be cool if he went to the Celtics too because we live in like Boston area, so we would get to you to watch him a lot more. And he would be on earlier, so I could watch him. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, it, it, he's definitely a fascinating story as this season continues to unfold. I mean, does he get moved at some point, or is there no match between like what he's able, the value he's able to provide the Rockets, and uh, and what they'd be able to get back for him at this point? I mean, it, it's it's really hard to say. And uh, you know, how good can the Rockets be with uh, with this version of James Harden um, yeah. available? You know, I mean, it, it really is hard to say at this point. And uh, we shall see. And, and in the meantime, he'll just uh, continue to lead the league in scoring, perhaps. So yeah. he's, uh, he's he's that good. He's uh, really a, an incredible player. And he's also had like 11 assists per game so far. Yeah, so I know uh, before we move on to uh, to our, our, our final segment, you wanted to uh, to mention a particular buzzer beater. Yeah, so the only buzzer beater so far in the season, the Buddy Healed buzzer beater. And I'll just do the play step by step. So, like, the inbound the ball to Nikola Jokic and – and um, he yeah, has the ball, and um, um, so like um, Harrison Barnes is guarding him. Harrison Barnes like strips it. I think that they're down like uh, I don't know, like one or something, or it's maybe a tie. Wait, let me see. Uh. It, it was it was in fact tied. I just threw the the highlight up here. So yes, it was um, it was a tie, and yeah, it's stripped away, and then De'Aaron Fox throws it up to Harrison Barnes, and then Buddy Heald grabs that rebound. Off and, the Barnes' miss, yeah. Off the Barnes' miss and puts it back up and tips it up and in off the rebound and runs into the locker room with the whole Kings team following behind him. Very exciting moment. Uh, you know, b- big win for the Kings. Uh, probably not expecting to uh, to defeat the Nuggets necessarily. They've like, been, never they've know been playing fine, night. too. Yeah, the Kings actually are off to a solid start. I mean, they're three and three as the season starts here. But that was a uh, a lovely tip in winner, Buddy Heal, just with the with with a little touch to uh, to, to put to put it home for uh, for the Kings to uh, to seal that victory. Yeah, very very nice. All right, let's uh, let's take a real quick break here, and we're going to come back and uh, we'll reflect for a moment on uh, some members of the NBA family that we've lost in recent weeks. And we're back to uh, to reflect on on a couple of uh, NBA figures, NBA legends in in both these cases, Hall of Famers who have uh, passed on in the relatively recent past. Uh, as we record this, uh, just yesterday we learned of the uh, the passing of uh, the great Paul Westfall, Westy Mills. Uh, what can you tell us a little bit about uh, about Paul Westfall? Yeah, I mean he was a very good player. I mean Hall of Famer, five times All Star, and um, NBA champ in nineteen seventy four with the Boston Celtics, and um, four time All NBA too. Was that All NBA first team? He was, I believe, three time All NBA first team and one time uh, second team member. Yeah, died on January second, twenty twenty one. 
Yep. And um, was born on November 30th, 1950 in Torrance, California. That's right. And he died, it doesn't say where. Yeah, he uh, was the 10th overall pick in uh, in 72, uh, went to the Celtics, and as you mentioned, won a title there with the Celtics. And I think, uh, you know, went on to have a fantastic career. I For mean, sure. You know, really, uh, I mean, those early days with the Celtics, you know, coming off the bench, uh, you know, role player, but really uh, blossomed as he got to uh, the Suns. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he got his five All-Star appearances in uh, four with the Suns and one with the Seattle Supersonics. Yeah, both teams that he ended up coaching later in his life as well. I mean, I I first came to, uh, you know, my awareness as a uh, young basketball fan watching that uh, Suns team that went on to face the uh, the Jordan Bulls in, in the finals. Uh, he seemed like a young, young coach, young up and coming coach at that time. And uh, obviously went on to, uh, you know, a terrific career, yeah. both making the finals that year with the Suns and then going on to coach with the Sonics, as I mentioned, and the Kings also being an assistant yeah. elsewhere in the league with the, uh, with the Mavs and the Nets up until fairly recently and also coaching in, uh, in college, uh, most notably in my memory for, uh, Pepperdine in the early part of the two thousands. Bill's giving me a look. He doesn't know too much about Pepperdine. I, I, I take it. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I just want to mention that he um, he died at seventy years old. Yeah, seventy years old. Uh, well, certainly, uh, you know, too young. And uh, we uh, we we send our, our best to uh, Paul Westfall's family and all who uh, all who knew him. You know, a guy who uh, you know obviously has gotten a lot of accolades from uh, people all, all around the NBA and also uh, around you know the, the game of basketball more more generally. A man who has his uh, number forty four retired by the Suns, number twenty five retired at USC where he went to college and uh, certainly an NBA legend. For sure. Let us also mention um, the recently departed Casey Jones. Now I know we, we discussed him. If uh, you're a longtime fan of the podcast, we talked about him as we discussed San Francisco players. Of course he attended San Francisco just like his uh, longtime teammate and friend, Bill Russell. Um, is Christmas on the 25th? Christmas is on the 25th. Yes, indeed. He died on Christmas Day. Yeah, he was 88 years old. So, I mean, yeah, um, he was born on May. Had a good run. I mean, you, yeah. you give him that. Yes. Had, um, born on May 25th, 1932 in Taylor, Texas, and died on December 25th, 2020 at age 88 and was a Hall of Famer and an eight-time NBA champ. Yeah, I mean, that's just as a player, too. I mean, this guy was a two-time champ as an assistant coach and two-time champ as a coach as well. So, I mean, 12 NBA championships for Casey Jones. I mean, one of the great winners in the history of the sport. Uh, yeah, Mills is, uh, is, is pointing out that he had uh, Alzheimer's disease late in his life. Uh, certainly very familiar with that myself. My uh, grandfather uh, suffered from Alzheimer's disease as well. Certainly a debilitating condition uh, down the end of your life. But uh, a, a long and storied life for uh, for Casey Jones. Uh, long before that, as you mentioned, uh, you know, came into the NBA a uh, real long time ago. I mean, selected initially in the '55 draft and then the '56 uh, draft, and after which he uh, he joined the Celtics in 1958. And I mean, despite uh, you know having a career that spanned uh, just nine years, I mean, eight NBA titles as a player. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, he wasn't amazing. But he was, he was pretty good, but he wasn't amazing on the court. But he was an eight-time NBA champ, so you can't um, can do anything Yeah, he can, he, he can show you his rings and uh, let you know how good of a player he was. He can't even fit them all on his two hands because he's got those rings as, as – uh, those four rings from his coaching work as well. So oh. 
pretty uh, pr pretty epic NBA career, despite, as you say, I mean, being more of a role player during uh, his playing career, but what a role player he was. Yeah, for sure. Really, uh, really, really got it done. So uh, I think that's uh, that, that's what we got for uh, for, for this week. We uh, we look we thank you for uh, for joining us again after for a long sure. layoff, and uh, we look forward to uh, coming back and uh, chatting with you about uh, other things that uh, that come to our mind as we watch uh, this NBA season unfold. Bye.